Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. It's been a minute, right? You know, Happy New Year's. Um, Merry Christmas. I miss you for that one, too. So I uh, hope everybody had a good holiday. Um, I know I had said that I was possibly going to be uh, uh, streaming a couple weeks ago. It was a lot. Okay, I was a lot, I was busy, busy doing everything, traveling um, the month of December, but we're back now, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I mean, we missed, shoot, we didn't, but I do hope that um, me putting out a couple videos while I was gone kind of helped, helped with the, the case. Um with y'all missing me and everything like that. Hope it, hope it worked. Um, I will say it was a pretty good uh, vacation. I was up, I was visiting family. We welcomed my niece into the world. So um, that's a, that's, it was, it was, it was really fun and eventful. Um, and then, gosh, we, we missed calendar gate. And then we missed Cake Gate. Um, we basically missed all of the the trad cons and the red pilled. Uh, I guess the woke right, as we would call them. Um, we missed all of their meltdowns on Twitter this week, and at, at women this time, not at trans people, which was kind of fun for me because I could sit on the sidelines and just watch. Um, and, and kind of stoke some of the fires because it's really interesting because a lot of those people will come after me um, just for being trans. But at the same time, they don't usually go after people on their side, the biological women and stuff like that. So it was it was interesting, especially like people like Josie, who is not really well, she's um, she's. Well, one, she's a libertarian, and two, she's one second. But yeah, she's uh definitely not like the um uh, like the ethot type per per people. So it was really interesting to watch. And then you had um Isabella Maria DeLuca completely getting um aubrey huff the former baseball player to delete his entire twitter account and delete all his social media he's back but it was kind of funny because this person aubrey huff like i said if you know him he's a former baseball player um was calling her names um saying that her only worth is her sexuality and then it turns out he was in her DMs and she never responded. And that was kind of, you know, why he was lashing out like that. So it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, hope you all had a good time away. I did. And yes, thank you, John, mentioning Free the People did have some good content. We had our 12 days of Christmas. And if you don't know, um, I am the digital marketing manager for Free the People. Um, the, that, the organization is not, uh, is not, does not sponsor this show. They don't do anything like that, but I do work for them. Um, and so I just want to make that distinction. Um, I, so definitely go check them out though. Um, for the people is a amazing organization. We have a lot of good stuff coming up, um, here in the new year and we are, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up. So go, go if you don't subscribe over there, definitely go subscribe over there. But let's get into it. So first things first, um, I was a little late because literally just saw some brand new information um, that I hadn't seen earlier today, but uh, apparently it, it did come out earlier today. So if you haven't been paying attention to the news, there was a, um, a school shooting, was it last Thursday in Iowa? At a high school in Iowa, um, apparently the gunman was 
gender fluid, which would put them in kind of the queer community. Um, and that obviously brought up a lot of attention and everything like that. So, um, I will say, I, I don't, you know, I don't have a habit of my personal, my person, I, I personally have a stance and a policy against naming mass shooters in my content um, for the reason that I don't want to make them famous. I don't want to give them credibility. I don't want anything like that. I want us to remember the victims and um, because I do think that kind of highlighting them and naming them and doing all that is part of what drives them to do these types of things because they feel like they will become famous if they do. So that's why I don't. But this is interesting because in the last every, you know, um, all these past shootings, I, I don't know the last time we had a mass shooting that the person was not known to the FBI beforehand. And new information, this shooter was apparently... The FBI was warned about this shooter. And so... <laughs> it, it doesn't surprise me. And actually, it is interesting because... Um, so, the Daily Mail actually said the user... One user emailed the FBI agent screenshots of the server but didn't hear back. Um, and the chat room was closed before the shooting happened. Um, and interesting. One second. Load this back up. I, uh, so obviously I commented. I said, I wonder who could have seen this coming. Just like 11 minutes ago, you see. January 4th, I literally wrote how long before how long before we learned the FBI learned that he was known to the FBI. It's one of those things that you can see coming at this point that the FBI is more worried about your grandma who just so happened to be on the lawn of the Capitol building on January 6th than they are actually doing like stopping mass shootings, finding child sex offenders or sex offenders uh, who abuse children. Because I believe I talked about that before we went on break, that there was report that uh, the FBI stopped investigating um, pedophiles in order to focus on January 6th um, people. And January 6th was yesterday, so it's a it's a relevant topic to talk about today as well. Um, and we will get into that a little bit later. But I thought this was interesting. Like I said, this just came up on my feed just before we came on. And so I wanted to talk about it real quick. Especially since my first... The first thing I was going to talk about was actually my, um, my latest op-ed. Which is a, in the wake of... In the wake of this, the shooting, obviously you have those on the right who are going the mental illness route and saying that all trans people are mentally ill and all this stuff. And they're highlighting how many of the last, you know, mass shooters have been trans. It's not a big number, obviously, even in the grand scheme of the trans population, but it is more than it's, it seems to be a growing trend. And we also see trans people starting like, people in that side being more, you know, pro like saying they're violent, you know, more violence and stuff like that. Um, and so I looked, I, it really started to make me realize. So I, I wrote an op-ed in human events. It's in the description below. You can go read it. Um, but I, I am starting to realize Yes, a lot of people in the so-called queer community 
um, especially if they have a non-binary trans identity or anything like that, where you have to go get seen by a doctor and everything like that to get diagnosed. Now, we don't know what diagnosis this person had, but he would have been considered in the transgender community. And as I said, transgender being somebody who identifies as a gender different from their sex at birth, which is not to be confused with a transsexual who is diagnosed with gender dysphoria and transitions to be perceived by society as the opposite sex. Big difference there. We know that. We know what I've talked about quite a bit there. Um, but what's starting to realize is we know in the last few years, doctors have been ignoring all these other comorbidities and kind of pushing this trend, pushing that it's just trans is, is the, uh, is, is the reason for their discomfort. It is, you know, that's the reason that's, and they, and they forget and they don't treat all the other issues that a person's having. Uh, they think that, you know, gender, you know, hormones and surgery are going to fix this patient. I think some of it, I think is laziness. Like I've said before, because as I also said at the bottom of this, and I've reported on two years ago, there was, we see such an increase in SSRIs because we know that instead of actually working on and talking about, you know, the issues, why you're having anxiety, why you're having depression, actually treating that, they're throwing SSRIs, they're just throwing pills at the, at the, at the patient and not really actually treating what's going on. And it's clear with what we've seen with um, detransitioners. And so in here, I talked about Prisha Mosley, who uh, talked about how she had um, psychosis, psychotic major depression, ADHD, bipolar one and two, mania, crippling anorexia, and borderline personality disorder since she was 14 years old. And when the doctors went to, instead of helping her and treating this, they thought they were just going to self-harm her even more by helping, you know, by giving her a double mastectomy as a teenager instead of treating the underlying issues. We also saw this with, um, where was it? Um, Jamie Reed, who is the whistleblower out of the, uh, out of the St. Louis, St. Louis Children's Hospital, um, who blew the whistle in the free press, who she noted that many people had depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, obesity, schizophrenia, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and one third of them were on the autism spectrum. She claimed that no matter how much suffering or pain a child had endured or how little treatment and love they had received, the doctors still viewed gender transition as the solution. Um, there's many cases of this. It's a great article. Definitely go read it, please. Um, I'm proud of this work. I've been told it's it's very well written and done, but it, it does bring up the question and the point. Is what we're seeing the 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 violent um the increase in violent tendencies, what what we're seeing from certain sections of the community, whether it's, you know, the gender dysphoric or whether it's the Trantifa crowd or, or what it is, there has been seemingly a lot of, there's been an increase in violence, not necessarily in mass shootings, but just an increase in violence in general from the, from this general community. And so the question then would need to be asked and say, is this a result of the medical community um, failing these patients? Um, it, it's the question I asked. I don't know. It's a theory of mine. So don't quote that this is, I mean, obviously we would need studies to see if this was something that was happening. It's just an inkling that I have that is something that needs to be looked into um, because something's going on. 
something is going on. Um, and at the same time that that something is going on, we have the Republican governor of Ohio vetoing a bill that would prevent hormone replacement therapy and surgeries on minors. It also would have prevented males from competing in female sports. And lo and behold, it turns out that Governor Mike DeWine also took $40,300 from Ohio hospitals and hospital associations. Imagine that. Now, I, if you've followed me for a little bit, you know we have one of those here in Georgia, and I am proud to say that I am working to get this person removed from office via primary challenge. I am working with their their primary challenger to uh, to win this case because um, this person tried to stop the bill is the reason why we didn't get puberty blockers added to the bill. Um, and so I just hope that now we have somebody like that steps up and takes Governor DeWine's position. There is no reason we have, we have Democrats who are getting threatened. Like I, I don't have it pulled up, but there was a Democrat can't remember what state it was in, but he was threatened for voting with Republicans on a bill just like this, um, like physically threatened um, by his party for not towing the party line, um, simply for wanting to protect children. Um, it doesn't, like you we should be protecting kids. And honestly, um, he can go the same way that Asa Hutchinson went after he vetoed similar legislation too. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders jumped in and beat him in the primary. Hopefully we see that soon. The good news is from Ohio is that they did pass the bill with a veto proof majority. And so as long as they come back and are able to, have a v i don't know how their session works um it's different in each state like we did go through this with louisiana louisiana overrode the veto but i'm pretty sure ohio will do the same even though ohio doesn't exist if you don't get the joke i'm from michigan and i don't like ohio um <laughs> um it it baffles me sometimes that these people, these people baffle me, but it doesn't, it, we know, um, like I said, the person that was here in Georgia, they're a doctor. They are trying, they were trying to protect their friends in the bill and, and didn't want to push a lot of this stuff either. Um, John Stevenson, this is a good question, right? From person to person, how does it feel to be a man or woman? I can't answer. You know, it is interesting. I always say that I don't know either. I don't know if even, you know, you as a man feel the same as the next man, the person next to you. Everybody lives a different experience and different life. So how do you know what it's like to feel be a man or woman? All I can answer, because I don't know what it feels like to be a woman. All that I can say is that for me, it wasn't it was never me feeling like a woman. It was me being uncomfortable with my secondary sex characteristics. If you've seen me talk, I make this very, this distinction very much. Like that is what gender dysphoria is. That's what sex dysphoria is. It's a, it's a discomfort in your biological sex and wanting to be perceived and to basically live your life being perceived as the opposite sex. That's dysphoria. And I think the best way to see if you, if it is dysphoria is be like is to see like if you were naked on a desert island, would you still be uncomfortable? Um, and for me, the answer was yes because it was an uncomfortability with my secondary sex characteristics. It's not about anybody else. 
that's answer there because um i i don't know how you would even do a study to see if men and women felt the same all i know is testosterone and estrogen make people feel different but i do know with gender dysphoria we like i know that my it was like my gender dysphoria didn't come from hormones right so there's shared experiences in the way that hormones make you feel um but that doesn't make sense when it comes to what it feels like to be the opposite sex other than when you talk about hormones i don't know Yeah. If you like being a man, you like being perceived as a man um, and you have and you like your body the way that a man looks like, again, your secondary sex characteristics. then yes, that would mean you're not trans, John. I think we both know you're not. <laughs> All right. Let's move on, though. Um, oh, lastly on this, though, because, again, people like Governor DeWitt. DeWine and others who try to say that like puberty blockers are fully reversible and that this is life-saving medicine. And I was in this argument with Samantha Lux over the weekend on Twitter. I don't do reaction videos like that to other people, other creators, but yes, you can go see that on Twitter. Um, we were at a quite the back and forth. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of annoying. What's interesting is now the University of Wisconsin-Madison was approved for a $600,000 grant to study the lasting effects of puberty blockers on children's brains. The researchers actually hypothesized on this that the puberty blockers would lead to lasting changes in a developing brain. What's really interesting about this is one of the researchers that's hypothesis, hypothesis is that is also one of the ones that has um, that is quoted as saying that they are fully reversible in, um, I believe, the WPAT study. I can't remember exactly what it is. Again, don't quote me. I'm going off of memory here, but um, it was yeah. So one of the one of the doctors from the university has been doing this a while, and um, now that now despite that. Um, they expect to see decreased adolescent anxiety, but also the potential changes in biomarkers associated with mental health risk, fertility, bone and kidney health. Um, they're going to use Lupron on rats, which is prescribed off label, um, for gender confused youth. And in the notes, the doctor admitted that Research into the effects of the using puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones is severely lacking despite major medical organizations like the, a, the Academy, American Academy of Pediatrics claiming they are reversible. How do you fully claim that some, how do you claim that something is fully reversible if medical data is severely lacking? This is the, this is has been my issue for a very long time. We know it talked about it. Everybody on the Jubilee panel that I was on agreed that we are lacking data and so instead of actually performing scientific research on this we are basically conducting a massive nationwide study on on gender youth right so they don't have the data on it so if they give it to you or your kids or the kids down the street or all these other kids and then they start finding that there are just, there are issues with it. Um, then they will say that they're not fully reversible. But until then, make no mistake: anybody who's being prescribed this right now, off-label, is part of a massive experiment. Um, So, yeah. 
Let me see. It says these reversible treatments can also be used in adolescents who experience gender dysphoria to prevent development of secondary sex up to 16 years of age. Um, the approved study, however, hypothesized that Lupron will have lasting effects on the brain, behavior, and physiology from even short-term Lupron treatment. And still, the AAP has been long-sighted, um, as well as WPATH, um, to say Lupron is fully reversible even though they've never been approved for years by the FDA and the makers have never actually asked for them to be approved by the FDA. Um, and we know what Marcy Bauer said um, about patients who are actually prescribed and then go on to transition and have surgery later on. Stop. We need to like stop this stuff. Um, yes. So it's interesting. I'm, actually happy to see more studies being done about this so that way we can show that there's they're not fully reversible will they ever say that they're fully reversible or that, they, that, that they're not fully reversible i don't know if they will ever come out and fully admit that they're not they're making too much money right now but if you saw one of the videos i did while i was gone we are winning that fight because now insurance companies are not paying for it or it's uh, malpractice insurance companies are not paying for it for doctors who want to are not are not taking doctors on who uh, perform these procedures on children because they're being sued. So that's good news. And that's why I've said these lawsuits are very good and will end up changing it far more than these bills will do. So that was one of the big news is, and I did do a video on that. So go watch that video as well. If you haven't seen it, um, while I was gone, um, but on to our next story and the big story of the week, one of the, one of the big stories, see, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of big stories out right now. So one of the big stories is, and this is this just came today, and I haven't even really read this fresh batch. I've been reporting on all the other batches this weekend, but a new fresh batch of 17 exhibits from the Epstein documents were unsealed today. Um, I think this is the fourth re release of the fourth release of documents. Um, so. Interestingly enough, there's a lot going on in these documents. Um, whole bunch of people are being named. And this is the first document. So we know Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Chelsea Clinton, um, Prince Andrew, and others were all, um, were all in here. Today's list, however, is the first that we saw Donald Trump's name appear in these. Well, not the first time we've seen Donald Trump's name appear in the documents, but that he has been accused of any sort of crime in these documents. Because last week, uh, Virginia, I don't know how to say her name, but um, one of the... Uh, yeah, so we have Clinton, Andrew, Richard Branson. Um, we're all named even in these documents. But one of the documents also said that Donald Trump had never been to Epstein's Island. That one exonerated him. And here's the thing, folks. If Trump... I, I, I do believe that if Trump was actually in these documents, like he had actually done something wrong... We would have known this two years ago. We, we would have known this immediately, honestly. If, if, if Trump was found in these documents to have done something wrong, then we would have known. However, um, I, I, I will say that if you're named in this, if you're named in any of this, really, they need to be investigated. I don't care if it's Donald Trump 
or Bill Clinton or any of them, they all need to be investigated. Here's the issue, though. Who, who do we trust to investigate? I'm sorry. We already know that the FBI doesn't like to do their jobs and should be disbanded anyways. But what's really interesting about these documents that were released today is not only did they actually uh, impl implicate Trump, they also implicated Hillary Clinton and the FBI. So, yeah. Now, in, in the documents we have, let's see, um, this these documents were from Sarah Ransom. In 2016, uh, she emailed... Uh, she sent email emails to the New York Post editor, Maureen Callahan, uh, that she had actually seen footage, that there was actual footage from Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson um, having sex with her minor friend um, without her friend's consent. Now, actually, I don't think we talked about this either, about the, uh, the honeypots that came out while we were gone, there was um, there was one representative talking about. Well, we didn't we didn't talk about the gay sex tape that was that that the that the, the gay the gay um, the twink um, that was a Democrat staffer was having anal sex in one of the Senate rooms. Um, we didn't talk about that, but then there was also stuff where it was talking about all the people who are compromised in DC because they have films, they have people um, and they're talking about people being victims of basically honeypot schemes where especially foreign agencies um, used, it used to be used a lot by the Soviets and the Russians that they would um, very pretty girls, basically escorts would, sleep with a person, get it on camera, and then be able to blackmail them with the documents and all that, right? So, um, <laughs> we found that out. And so, really, Madison Cawthorn was correct. He turns out he was right as to what was going on in D.C. And um, nobody, nobody cared, nobody believed him. The Dave Chappelle line on him though was pretty funny. Um, if you didn't, if you didn't watch that, um, but this person says that she actually managed to get a hold of some footage of film sex tapes, which clearly identified the face of Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Bronson having sexual intercourse with her. Um, she wrote that she managed to convince her friends to forward some of the footage. So that they can confirm with their own two eyes. Um, she clearly identifies Bill Clinton. Them all having se sexual intercourse with my friend. It will break your heart. She told uh, Maureen when you see the footage. Um, but then she couldn't forward the footage without her consent. Due to massive consequences to her safety. She claimed a couple months later... Uh, so she, Ransom wrote that her friend had filed a police report in 2008, but nothing was done. And she was utterly humiliated by the police department. A couple months later, she was then approached by special agents um, that were sent directly by Hillary Clinton herself in order to protect her presidential campaign in 2008. So again, if Hillary Clinton is willing to use and the FBI is going to um, you know, rough up somebody uh, to keep them quiet. How do we trust the FBI to to uh, to investigate these people? Um, they made they forced her to sign a confidentiality agreement that ensures that she never comes publicly. And if she does, she's basically she's a thousand percent certain that the FBI did a cover up and. She has the individual names of the agents involved. Um, 
she also said her consensual confided in me her casual friendship with mr donald trump definitely seemed to have a thing for her and she didn't know she told me how he kept going on about how he liked her like her pert nipples um then this is the thing is She basically, then she starts to go off and is kind of discrediting herself. This one was really weird because she does seem to kind of discredit herself. Um, she was basically like, I will make sure that neither that evil B word Hillary Clinton or that pedophile Trump gets elected. I will make sure that everyone in, on the goddamn planet sees that footage and photos will will release them to WikiLeaks by Sunday. I will take down Epstein and his bunch of cronies myself. You just lost your exclusive and now I'm super effed off now. Um and then in 2016, she stated her emails had been hijacked that she had reached out to the Russians for help and they are coming to my aid. Thanks for your help. Like, I don't know. It's just very much, it's really weird. So I don't know how much to actually believe. Like I said, if there's tapes out there, then how can we, nobody's seen the tapes other than her who supposedly has them on several thumb drives. There's just a lot of, this This drop is 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 a lot weirder than the other drops that we've seen. And, and none of the drops are the... This is the only one that, that has actually alleged that there's videos of these people um, committing crimes. This is the only document that actually implicates people in in crimes, um, other than just being friends with, you know, the known child trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. Um, Yeah, I guess she said that she said that she was reacting. Oh, then, yeah, in October 2023, she retracted everything, retracting everything after speaking to my family at some length this morning. I shouldn't have contacted you, and I'm sorry I wasted your time. It's not worth coming forward, and I will never be heard anyhow, and only bad things will happen as a consequence of me going public, and I know this to be true. So, again, all of that to say... She didn't mean it. Like, sorry, didn't mean it. Didn't happen. Um, I'm retracting all, all my statements on it. Um, so that one was a little bit, a little bit weird. But like some, and some of the other ones, it was, it was interesting. Like, like I said, again, again, talking about Trump. If Trump is implicated, the only thing we know for sure about Donald Trump is he kicked. Epstein out of his golf course or his club for hitting on the young women. That's the only thing we know for sure. Um, but they are photographed together. They knew each other. They, we don't know how close they were. Um, so just being named in these documents doesn't necessarily implicate anybody of crimes, but being, being named in these documents show that um, do make me question uh, what you knew and when you knew them and what you're still hiding. Um, I think this is the biggest one. I mean, we know that Epstein, uh, Bill Clinton is listed in these things like 73 times. Hillary is only listed before the, the drop today. Hillary Clinton had only been listed in listed one time uh, in the documents. But Epstein, so in the, um, so in the documents, um, it's listed as Jane Doe 36, John Doe 36, but Doe 36, um, 
and it was basically part of the lawsuit filed by Virginia Goofrey, Goofrey, I think it's, is it Goofrey? Goofrey? I don't know. Um, against, it was, at, she filed the lawsuit against Ghislaine Maxwell, um, who was convicted of human trafficking um, a couple of years ago, right? So um, in it, one of the lawyers says, I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I did not know they were friends until I read a Vanity Fair article about them going to Africa together. Um, did you... Did Jeffrey ever talk talk to you about Bill Clinton? And the witness says, he said one time that Clinton likes them young. Referring to girls. Um, yeah. Let's see. And still, I mean, yeah, the uh, the the Clinton spokespeople are denying that Clinton. It's funny they deny that Clinton knew anything about uh, Epstein's um, terrible crimes. Um, and Yeah, staff reporters from the Foundation of Secret Service Detail traveled on every leg of the trip. He had one meeting with Epstein in his Harlem office. Um, and apparently they they claim they say he's never been to Little St. James Island, which was uh, otherwise known as Pedo Island. Um, so that's another one. But it's interesting. They say that they weren't friends, and yet Glenn Maxwell skipped out on the deposition for um, for that same lawsuit. You know, her deposition, which she had coordinated and all that, and uh, Maxwell had canceled, saying that her mother was sick and she was going to be out of the country. Yet a short time later, she was then seen photographed right here at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Interesting. Um, it also came out that, and this is the time that Hillary Clinton was named in this was when it came out. Um, they were trying to, they were, they wanted all of the, the, uh, the correspondence between actually it might be even be in this. Let me see. Um, Yeah, there was so it was also part of it. Part of the part of the documents um, were looking into the Clinton Foundation, and if they were they wanted to see any money transactions that could have taken place that had gone between um, Maxwell, like was the Clinton Foundation funding Maxwell through a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah, so that was the next one. Um, like I said, in other in other documents show that um, Gouffray actually, I think, said that Trump never never visited Epstein's home or island and had no contact with underage girls. Um, this person said, when did Donald Trump flirt with you? She said he didn't. That that's what's inaccurate. Um doesn't mean that it didn't happen with somebody else. Didn't doesn't mean all that. But um, during this lawsuit, Gouffray, it was actually in the in Gouffray who said he didn't take part in any sex with any of us. But but he flirted with me. He'd laugh and tell Jeffrey, "You you've got the life." Um, Kufrey told the manager he did not partake take in any sex with us, but it's not true that he flirted with me. Donald Trump never flirted with me. 
So this it's a whole lot whole lot there but what's really interesting and now we can kind of link some more stuff we're going to kind of move into current politics as we see them and we also know that linkedin co-founder and major democrat donor who had visited epstein island recently donated $250,000 to Nikki Haley's super PAC. Hmm. Hmm, 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 right? Um, Reed Hoffman, the, the, uh, the LinkedIn co-founder, has been known to give, be, donate a lot to Democrat causes. And he's also been known very well to just not like Donald Trump and to go against anything that's Donald Trump. And so the J.P. Morgan Chase CEO urged Democrat donors to donate to Haley through the SFA fund, her super PAC, in order to stop Donald Trump from being on the ballot. Um, again, in May, he had also admitted to going to the island. Um and he, he admitted to it in the Wall Street Journal. I said, it gnaws me that by lending my association, I helped his reputation and thus delayed justice to his survivors. Um, blaming it on uh, the former MIT media lab director. Hoffman is also known to have um, helped fund uh, the civil lawsuit brought against brought to, brought against President former President Trump by E. Jean Carroll, who alleged that he he raped and defamed her, um, which J Steve Bannon just said this guy just hates Trump to, of just epic proportions. Um, he was also contributed more than $600,000 to Fusion GPS, which created the, fault, the fake steel dossier um, to try to um, discredit Donald Trump during the 2016 election. So... Why is this guy donating Nikki Haley? Uh, interesting. He shouldn't be. Um, but as I kind of agree with uh, Lance Lance Gooden here, he says Haley should return the money. Um, which Haley has said that they will accept money from anybody. They don't care who it's from. They don't care whether it's from Democrats who are on Epstein Island. They don't care if it's just people who they don't actually want her to win um, because she has no morals. She likes dropping bombs on little kids in foreign countries. Um, this is my Nikki Haley rant for the evening that she should be nowhere near the presidency or the button. Um Yeah, basically it. I would not. Yeah, just don't just don't trust Nikki Haley. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Out of all of them, I don't know who I would vote for, but it's definitely not Nikki Haley. <laughs> um, let's see. What are we moving on to? Yeah. 10 minutes, so we will move to what do we want to do? Let's see. Let's move to January 6th. Since, yeah, yesterday was January 6th. So actually, that's not even January 6th. We can talk about this real quick. Two states removing Donald Trump from the primary ballot. Um, Colorado and Maine. What's interesting about the Maine Secretary of State, um, they, they keep talking about democracy, right? Oh, we have to have democracy and all this stuff. And it's kind of crazy, right? Like 
they don't know what democracy actually means because they don't actually want you to vote for who you want to vote for. They actually want to take somebody off the ballot. Why wouldn't democracy actually mean to allow everybody and let the voters decide whether they want, if, if Donald Trump is so bad, like wouldn't the voters not have him on the ballot? Um, it's like the anti-democracy. You have to save democracy by ruining democracy by like being non-democratic. I don't know. But let's actually talk about, ah, man, I don't know if YouTube's going to like this one, but I say that every episode, so we'll see. Um, and actually, I probably crossed that line. January 6th. Um, so first off, the Department of Justice recommends six months for Ray Epps to spend in jail, which apparently Nikki, ha or actually, no, I'm not, not going to say that. It's not Nikki Haley. It was another conservative was like, oh, he never said that he didn't orchestrate it. Um, yeah, he did. He was, he's on video telling people that he, uh, he orchestrated it. Um, they gave him a plea deal because he tried to deescalate the conflict. When the night before he was telling people, he's caught on camera telling people, we need to go into the Capitol. And then he texted his nephew on the day that he orchestrated it. So, seems a little suspicious of, of you know, the FBI is... was not involved when they've said that they uh, they don't even know how many agents they had in the crowd that day. They've admitted that. But yet, even Mike Pence says he's going to take the FBI at their word that they didn't help orchestrate some of it. They didn't have provocateurs in the crowd. Um, pretty interesting because, yeah, you see... Just people meandering, not doing anything on the inside, just taking pictures. Um, sure, there were some people that were violent that day. We know that. We see in the videos. Um, but yeah, let's let's take a watch. Look at this. It's not just President Biden who's focusing on January sixth. Of course, you have Donald Trump still talking about it. Do, do you want to just like take this opportunity to clear up this lie? that the FBI was leading the charge on January 6th. It's obviously not true. I'm sure you know it's not true. Do you want to make, make that clear to the voters? You know, I've seen the, the director of the FBI repeatedly assure the American people that uh, the FBI were not the instigators uh, of the riot that occurred on, on January 6th. And uh, frankly, I'm very grateful uh, for the efforts uh, of the FBI to bring uh, nearly 1,000 people to justice who ransacked our capital and did violence uh, against police officers. So if the FBI says they didn't do it, I guess they didn't do it. Right? Right? I guess they didn't do it if they if they're saying it. I I mean the FBI needs to be dismantled. They're an organization that just needs to go away. Because here's the thing. Right now we know that it, when you watch the videos, and we I think we played these after the an after show off of YouTube um, before the break, where the videos came out, where it was a pretty peaceful crowd until they started shooting indiscriminately, flashbangs into the crowd, um, basically creating. Um, agitation in the crowd um, and then like there's video now of Alex Jones standing on a blowhorn telling people we're going to the other side we need to de-escalate this and yet you know Owen Schroyer who was with him got arrested and I think Owen Schroyer was the first where you're going to see um, people that's it's it's going to escalate from there and if you don't think it's going to escalate from there that it was that it's not just going to be the people who were violent or the people who went in the capital um it's going to be everybody so what happened this week 
The Department of Justice, U.S. US District Attorney Matthew Graves suggested uh, that they will start beginning prosecutors who were did not go into the Capitol, but outside of it. Here we go. And what happened inside of the building? An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Make no mistake, thousands of people occupied an area that they were not authorized to be present in in the first place. So they're literally talking about the Capitol grounds. So an area that is wide open to everybody, whether you were violent or not, whether if you were peacefully protesting that day, now they are going after you. Because obviously they're saying that you were, you're not violent. You weren't violent that day. Because they would have already, they would have already prosecuted you if you were violent or you had gone in the Capitol. Um, we did see some people start getting exonerated because we do know that the police just opened the door for a lot of the people that were going inside the Capitol, and most of them were very peaceful people and um, just going in and then moving out. And but he's saying he's literally saying right there that we've already done we've already done the process of doing everybody that went inside. And those that were violent outside. But now we're going to start going after those who were just there. We're going to start focusing on those who were just there. Whether you were a journalist covering that, because we see that they don't have any journal, that there's no journalistic discretion. They will prosecute journalists who covered the event. As long as you're on the right, you know, the wrong side um, of them. And it does not matter. Because you were executing your First Amendment rights to protest on Capitol grounds. A public place that we as the voters, even if you were peaceful, they don't care. They're going to prosecute. They're going to completely prosecute. And we're, we're seeing this a little bit already, right? So this story, actually, the, this was interesting because this person, um, she let this person, uh, her name's Karen Jones. She read, she led the Pledge of Allegiance on the Capitol um, before entering the Capitol Rotunda that day or after. Um, so she was prosecuted for entering the Capitol Rotunda and citing the Pledge of Allegiance on the steps. Um, she said on the Kill Tony podcast that um, she had been in the Capitol many times. She didn't think that she was doing anything wrong by going in the Capitol um, because it was just open. She went in there. And it is interesting because she walked in. I, I Looking at the, at the criminal complaint against her, she walked in. Um, she entered the building at 301 hung out in the rotunda for a little bit and then exited the building at 328. Didn't wasn't violent, anything like that. Just went in, got out and then left. Um, and she was arrested um, back in November. Uh, or the criminal complaint was filed in November after she was on this show three years since it happened now they're going to charge her like this is it's getting ridiculous i don't know if i can say much of that much more than that on youtube um we crossed an hour but i do want to talk about something real quick so that everybody kind of knows um if you haven't been paying attention uh alaska airlines had a um a door plunge blowout on a new Boeing 737-9 Max um, last week. And so what, what you're what this is, so apparently, yeah, when Boeing, the way that the, the National Transportation Safety Board had lady had said it was when Boeing when when 
you order an aircraft, there's different configurations. Think about it, like when you order a car, there's different configurations. Well, the outside of the plane, the shell of the plane is going to be the same on all. Because it was, they didn't need that to be an exit row because they didn't have an, it wasn't rated for enough seats or enough passengers. I guess if you have over 215 passengers, it would be rated for, um, that would need to be a, an emergency exit. But because they didn't have that, it was only rated for 181 passengers. They, uh, it, what they did is it, it's a plug. And so they just put this little door plug and it locks down tight in there. And so it, it's not like from the inside of the plane, you don't even know that. So if you're worried about this, don't sit, don't sit in seat, tw don't sit in row 26 or 27 or anywhere near that. <laughs> I think usually when I fly, I'm at like 33. So I'm, I'm good. It's 26A and 26B. So I'm, if it's a Boeing 737 Supermax, nine Supermax, or uh, 737-9 Max, don't sit in the row 26. And I'm probably not even the ones behind that. Because this could have been very catastrophic, like very bad. Because people did see like shirts ripped off and somebody, you know, um, cell phones pulled out from the door. What's interesting is this took place around 1,600 feet. Thankfully, it wasn't, yeah, at cruising altitude at 30,000 feet, but again always wear your seatbelt when you're when you're flying in an aircraft because this could have been very bad um like when i was in the army when we would jump out of aircraft we would jump out at about ten thousand feet so i've flown doors open when um side doors open non-pressurized at ten thousand feet so um but because it was a sudden depressure um it's going to suck everything out. Whereas military aircrafts are not pressured or they don't. Yeah. It's not pressurized the same way, I guess. Um, especially when you're jumping out of them, they're made to open up the doors and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different. Interestingly enough though, this is just came out. Um, let me see. Um, again, I just saw this before coming on air today that, um, it turns out that now United Airlines has found at least five door plugs with loose bolts during an inspection. Again, folks, this is like, this is, well, this is, this is even worse probably than, um, well, not as worse. It's not worse than the Boeing 737 MAX 8s. Remember when they came out, the Max 8s had two plane crashes. And I actually knew somebody who was on the Ethiopia flight, um, served in the army with him, and he was out there doing mission work in, in Ethiopia. Um, and he was on that flight. And that was due to um, software issues, right? This is, it was a new software that made the plane kind of dive in the, you know, manual, and then they had switched manual mode and it, it just like, there was no correction for it. Like you couldn't, it, there was something with it and then it, it didn't work on the second one. And so then they grounded all of the planes for two years, all the max eights for two years. And now we're seeing the same issue with the max nines. Um, as they come out, like the plane that, that door, that, that door, a plug ripped off of was certified for use in November. It was a brand new plane. And now United Airlines is finding at least five planes out of like 181 planes in circulation right now, at least five more. So six total had issues with those door plugs. It seems like, um, and, and you know, it is interesting because yeah, people are, people have brought this up. Nikki Haley again, used to sit on the board of Boeing. Hmm. Again, just another reason to, 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 to not like Nikki Haley. But this is something to watch. I didn't know if this was going to continue uh, to be a story, but obviously it is now because now we know that they're finding loose bolts on more planes. So this could have happened on a number of other planes. Um, and it just, and it happened on the one. And now we, thankfully, I mean, the good thing that they grounded all of them and thank, honestly, 
thank God nobody there was nobody sitting in 26A or 26B. That could have been catastrophic. That could could have been catastrophic if somebody was sitting in those seats. Like, what are the odds that that those are the two seats that are empty? Out of seven empty seats on the plane, those two seats were empty. It's crazy. But y'all, with that, I'm gonna say uh, say good night. Thank you all for joining me again. It's good to be back. I am going to be on a kick show for, I forget what show it is tonight. I'm going to be on a kick show at nine o'clock tonight though. So, um, so watch out for that. And I will, um, yeah, it's good to be back. Good to see y'all. Good to talk with you, hang out for a little bit. And remember, click that like and subscribe button. Um, Follow me across all social media platforms, and I will see you next time.